Today's guest is Jacqueline Buckingham. Jacqueline is an actress, an entrepreneur, an activist of sorts. I don't know if she would call herself an activist, but she and I met at a Tantra Speed Date, which uh, the founder was on a couple episodes ago. And, you know, I think she's a super interesting person with some great perspectives. And most recently, she went on a show on Amazon Prime called The Box with Jacqueline that explores different topics uh, relating to the way men and women interact and specifically the experience of women. Women in society is a very funny show as well. I, I really enjoyed it. I couldn't watch it for a year because I was in Asia and Amazon Prime as a work there. But I did find out from her that they, Amazon censored her quite a bit in kind of a ridiculous way. So you can actually catch season one uncensored on YouTube of all places. That's The Box with Jacqueline. Her YouTube channel is The Huge Pussy Channel. That's right. You can type in huge pussy. It won't, well, some pornographic stuff will show up, but hers is not. It's a comedy sketch and it's really great speaking with her. She and I met like a year ago and we had some great conversations on feminism and gender relating and, you know, masculine, feminine stuff, you know, the stuff I'm into. And we had a great talk about free speech, growth of people in society, boys and girls, men and women. I feel like we covered a lot of ground. Um, you also, a bit of trivia, uh, may recognize her from the movie Half-Baked, which was a great movie. It's just a little trivia. Um, and her whole thing is the huge pussy movement. I mean, we dig into, and you might be wondering what that is, we dig into it right at the top of the episode. It has to do with censorship and some some things that I think are kind of ridiculous. But I love her perspectives on gender relations. Um, she's got some cool stuff. I believe season two of her show is coming out soon, so she can you can check that out. Uh, it's a super fun conversation. Um, you can Her links to uh, her merchandise is uh, down you know, in the show notes, getting tongue tied. It's been a long day. Uh, HugeBorseyStore.com, JacquelineBuckingham.com, Huge Borsey Channel on YouTube. So check that stuff out and check out this episode because you're already listening to it. Right now, this is episode 066, Jacqueline Buckingham, Huge Pussy Life. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, part of the Gotham Podcast Studio Network in New York, New York. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate it wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. So it's good to see you. Good to see you too. Yeah, so we met uh, about a year ago, almost maybe six months ago. At Tantra Something Sp- like that. At Tantra Speed Date, uh, the, the the founder was on recently, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, how, what's been going on in your life since? I know we're going to speak about your show in a second. A lot has been going on since I've been censored a lot for okay. using the word pussy, and right. I would say that has been the theme of my life for the past probably since I saw you. Censorship, or specifically censorship of the p word. Censorship of the word pussy. Okay. Yep. All right. So all right, let's jump into that because it's very interesting. So I just watched the show um, recently because this Amazon Prime is blocked in Thailand. Um, I was actually wondering how much of it came from your life. Like it started with a sketch on uh, ball implants, which I assume was like a flip, <laughs> obviously a flip on breast implants and how women are objectified. Yeah. Like how much of it was your life? Actually, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of it has just been my experience as a woman uh-huh. for the past 44 years. Uh-huh. So um, so the show, The Box with Jacqueline, mm-hmm. was exclusively on Amazon Prime. And since they wouldn't publish the titles as per how they were named, uh-huh. meaning specifically episode four called Huge Pussy, uh-huh. Amazon came back and said, that's offensive content just for the word. Uh-huh. So now everything is happily on my site, which is hugepussylife.com and also on our YouTube channel, The Huge Pussy Channel. Wait, it's not. I thought it's still on Amazon Prime. That's where I watched it. It is, but it's also now in the uncensored version and uncut versions on 
hugefussylife.com gotcha. and our YouTube channel, The Huge Fussy so, Channel. So, so I saw the PG-13 version. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I need to watch the real version. Then. I, didn't, I didn't make a note of that. Um, so did they give you specific reasons? Because like, even in the show, you're kind of parodying. Like, part of it's like you're parodying the censorship of these words that I'm assuming there was a flip where – like we're, with the boardroom sketch, for instance. Yeah. Were you like, what was exactly the flip there? Because you're kind of flipping the gender. Sure. Yeah. So that's episode four uh -huh. called Huge Pussy, which Amazon calls the huge P word or else they wouldn't have published it. Uh -huh. And what that is, it's basically like in a world where pussy means something amazing, like mm -hmm. where it's actually the highest praise one can get. Yeah. So like I play Jane, who's head of the board with all of her male protégés. Uh -huh. And as she's garnishing pra praise all over, she's like, you are such a huge pussy and all the guys are like oh my god like i can't believe she said that so it's really in a world where it means if you ask me what it really is which is uh -huh. a humanity vessel a life giver resilient yeah. flexible orgasmic otherworldly was it inspired by i think betty white had a quote have you heard this i heard it after so it wasn't inspired uh -huh. by i mean i love betty white and i've loved her i'm a huge golden girls fan mm -hmm. um I'm a huge fan of the Golden Girls lifestyle as well. Uh -huh. <laughs> Another story. <laughs> but um, it wasn't inspired by her. It was just something that really kind of drove me crazy. Uh -huh. Like I'd wa be watching TV and people would be calling each other. I mean, even women calling women like, mm -hmm. you're a pussy, you're such a pussy. And it's so negative. And if you have a pussy, how does that not make you feel right. like you're weak and cowardly? Yeah. So like even in the dictionary, Merriam-Webster Merriam-Webster Dictionary, ballsy, courageous, uh -huh. pussy, vulgar, weak, cowardly. Yeah. And, you know, that to me, I've got a 13-year-old daughter coming into her own as a young woman. Am I supposed to tell her that, like, she's weak? Like, yeah. Definitely not. Like, what if I was walking around being like, God damn, you're such a... You're such a ball sack. And that meant like weak all the time. Right. Like, how would that not have an effect on the male psyche? Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, well, just for those who don't know that I'm going to paraphrase it, but Betty White's joke was like, why do they call it being a pussy? Like those things can take a pounding. Or they should call yes. it like, being weak, being a balls because those are those are sensitive. But pussies, they can take a pounding. That's right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah so I. Uh, with a lot of the, I mean, are these things you experienced in your life? I mean, were you in corporate ever? I, I wasn't sure because there's a lot of like corporate uh, themes in the in the show. I started my first business when I was 20 years okay. old. Gotcha. So I have been in various worlds, the art world, the entertainment world, right. and then my own as an entrepreneur in mm -hmm. art and entertainment. So I would say, yes, I've had a lot of a lot of exposure. Gotcha. Could you actually break down like your career? I don't actually know a ton about you. <laughs> like, so you, you've been, well, you could go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think I've, I've really been kind of an entrepreneur since I was young. I kind of started working when I was seven, had mm -hmm. three jobs when I was 13, worked full time through um, university at Emory, and then, um, you know, jumped right into entertainment, got mm -hmm. my first movie straight out of um, starting my acting career in Toronto, which was half-baked. So mm -hmm. played the woman with the crossbow who dies with the piranha on her neck. That's yeah. how most people know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that on your IMDb. I was like, hey, who is she in half-baked? Like, I, mean, I saw it a long time ago. But, yeah. yeah. And then simultaneously, I started my first business, which was really around lifestyle consulting. Mm -hmm. And I worked primarily with women until I started working a lot with men and then moved into corporate got mainly then focused really, really on art and um, had another style business. I moved around a lot. 
Uh-huh. And um, and now I'm doing what I'm doing now, which I feel like the whole thing has been preparation for. Yeah. And you're saying this show is kind of just like one part of a movement. You're saying one scale of the dragon. Exactly. I call the box with Jacqueline season one, uh-huh. one scale of the dragon. So it's the thing I did first, but I wrote it really quickly. And it was mm-hmm. actually just this tiny bit of what I've been working on for the past three and a half years. And that's been really kind of defining and articulating what I think is a movement that needs to happen, which I call the huge pussy movement. Mm -hmm. And that really starts with the word. Mm -hmm. So if the word is censored, we have that much of an issue with the word to the point where Amazon won't publish it, but they will publish titles like Dick, the documentary, Balls, Mm -hmm. Balls to the Wall, Private Dicks, anything like that. You know, I think I I told you, um, you know, just while we were chatting about my company name and I right. my, filed for my company name, Huge Pussy Holdings, Inc. And the state of Delaware came back and said, nope, yeah, offensive, pornographic. Huh. And I said to my lawyers, like, let's contest it. And also, I'd like to start another company called More Than Big Balls LLC. <laughs> so I did that on the same day. And not to my surprise, Delaware denied it a second time. I got, of course, the filing for More Than Big Balls LLC. But beyond that, the filing company, it caused an internal HR issue that really basically the filing company said, we can't work with your client anymore. This is pornographic. This is obscene. And this case is closed. Yeah, it's so crazy that, I mean, obviously, pussy and balls should be on the same plane. I mean, (laughs) but like they're putting in the same categories like the N-word. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I kind of liken it to, I mean, really, like, I just... I just wanted to get the same respect as dick and balls. Like, that's really all I'm asking for. I really don't want anything Uh, else. And I'm like, you know what? And why would we want dick and balls to be glorified all alone? You know, mm -hmm. what fun are dick and balls, honestly, Mm -hmm. without pussy? Like, what fun is that? Right. Not not a lot of fun for a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) Not saying saying everybody, but just like a lot. Right. Um, Yeah. And I think we've got to start actually with the body. Huh. And wait, the internal HR thing, was it because there's people in the company who are like, who pointed this out or, or what? Correct. Huh. Yeah. So my lawyer works with a uh, with a filing company. Mm-hmm. So they did all the filings. And I was actually starting three companies because I've got an IP company and then an LLC, which I do my entertainment What's stuff What's that IP company called? <laughs> well, Huge Pussy Holdings IP. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's an absolute thing, okay. but they actually wouldn't go through with that one. Okay. So the, um, yeah, the filing company just said, we cannot file these company names on behalf of your client because looking at those names is causing our staff to feel uncomfortable and like they are dealing with pornography. Hmm. And actually, I just found out something even kind of crazier. Yesterday, we have a product line. The product line is part of the movement. Mm -hmm. And the movement right now is just get the word out there. Mm -hmm. Have it. Literally the word. Literally the word. So everything I actually carry right now is my line of merchandise Uh and um and you know the merch is the movement is what i say because my daughter wore a huge a sweatshirt with our logo huge pussy and our Uh logo is the word she wore it to school she goes to a public school on 22nd street and i said you know how to go (laughs) and she said you know when my teachers questioned me i was just like hey feminism <laughs> and i said okay sure that works you know the way i say it is i don't actually even say feminism i'm just like you know we're just redefining the word pussy like that's it yeah it seems like i mean 
why wouldn't it be tied to the next movement or next wave of feminism? I mean, I think we were talking about maybe the fourth, when we met that other time, we were talking about the fourth wave and how I think it's gotten kind of off track. But we could get into that in a second, but I want to stick with the word for a second. Yeah. Um, uh, Because I think I shared with you a little bit about my cult's experience and how it's very women-led. And they also uh, destigmatized the word pussy, even in a different way. They kind of glorified it as a spiritual thing. So I used to walk, when I was really deep in it, I would walk around with a shirt saying the pussy knows, like in huge letters, and like obviously gets a lot of attention. But you're doing a little something different, like you're trying to show the, well, you're not, you're not obviously making a cult, but uh, you're uh, just trying to show like this kind of obvious uh, double standard with these yeah, two words. Yeah, absolutely. And if I was going to liken it to something, I would say it's the word gay. Mm-hmm. And it's actually bringing pussy, you know, out of its own closet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been hiding in there for quite a long time. It's had this really nasty, dirty connotation. Mm-hmm. It's belonged to somebody else. So we used to use gay as something as a derogatory word. That's mm-hmm. how we currently use pussy. Mm-hmm. When we come out and we claim it for ourselves, Oh my God, it's amazing what happens. I'm wearing my huge pussy fanny pack right now. Mm-hmm. I'm walking here and I get like honk, honk, thumbs up. Not in like a, hey, you know, hey, baby, yeah. not that kind of way. Just like, oh, fuck yeah. You're like owning your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And to me, that makes you much less or actually negates you being objectified. It's saying, I am an object for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Our sexuality is owned by, by us, which makes much more of an equal and interesting and satisfying playing field rather than like, I'm here to be objectified, mm-hmm. do whatever you want to me and only refer to pussy as porn, obscene and something to be pounded. Yeah. 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 I don't know if we spoke about this when we, last time we met, but uh, it's all about catcalling and obviously I'm a man and I've only seen this from female friends and stuff, yeah. but something I've seen from my female friends where they can kind of take back their power is when they actually own the sexuality like if they like quote unquote throw the ball back and like yeah like yeah or you're looking at me i'll cat call you back and the guys always go like this because they don't know what to do and it's like oh okay i mean because when you cower it just like reinforces the predatory behavior absolutely so i I see this like as an awesome way for women to be women but still powerful as opposed to fitting into something else no doubt and Mm -hmm. then just getting the word out there is unbelievable what happens Mm -hmm. i just kind of cannot believe like um, the website where we sell the merchandise, which is from our website, hugepussylife.com, but mm-hmm. then also hugepussystore.com, mm-hmm. um, all just became available. So I've been walking around with prototypes and I cannot believe the reaction I'm getting, which is so positive. It is incredibly positive, yeah. curious. And then like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's hard to be simple. neutral. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what's yeah. that about? And I'm like, oh, we're redefining the word pussy. And they're like, oh, cool. Where can I get one? Like, I'm like, oh, my God. And the fact that my daughter worked to school yesterday, like, blows me away. Yeah. Um, and then all of her friends, you know, I gave her, like, six of the sweatshirts. And awesome. now all of her friends are wearing it. And I just thought, <laughs> you know what? This is changing the world. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, what made you at – what, or at what point did you feel like this is the thing for you to do? Because I'm sure many women are like, oh, yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, it's not, a, it's not an uncommon sentiment. But, like, what, why you and what made that happen? Huge pussy specifically, or just kind of this work in general? The movement, yeah. I think this is something that's always been brewing in me since Mm -hmm. I was young, but I don't think I had the kind of the articulation of what it was. Mm -hmm. I think I went through kind of like the different phases. Maybe it was, you know, maybe there was like a little bit of an angry phase. Maybe there was like an acting out sexually phase. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now I'm just like, dude, this is just easy and kind of 
what my life is all about. Mm -hmm. And it's not, that's obviously not just the word, mm -hmm. but that's something that goes beyond the movement. The movement is redefining the word, taking the word out of the closet, claiming our sexuality for ourselves. Mm -hmm. But then that really transitions into what I call huge pussy life. And that's how does that translate into your life? And that's mm -hmm. the life I've been living for the past three and a half years. Um, like I think I told you, I took my daughter out of school, I mm -hmm. global schooled her. And that was, you know, what Huge Pussy Life is kind of all about is instead of just going along with what we've been prescribed mm -hmm. as women to be, whether our bodies, our roles as mother, as wife, as girlfriend, et cetera, um, as, you know, even the name, slut, et cetera, um, it's actually like hanging back for a second mm -hmm. and going, wait, what the fuck do I want? Mm -hmm. Because as, as a woman, actually nobody ever asked me that. It took me asking me that and it took a long time to figure that out. Mm -hmm. We're really encouraged to be things for other people. I was known as somebody's wife, mm -hmm. somebody's mother, right? To be who am I for myself? Huge pussy. That's what it is. <laughs> Bottom line, like recreating, like, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. And so what that life means to me is I am actually doing what I want to do. And that is deeply rooted in my life's work. Hmm. Yeah. I was just listening to this uh, interview with uh, Camille Paglia. Are you familiar with it? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, Jordan Peterson. I like both of them, but I disagree with certain things. And I, they happen to be talking about something about, which actually I agreed with how the world is built for men as far as like education systems and the work and the assumptions and it gets and consumerism, everything. Um, and I think we maybe we're talking about how so many women are put in this like feminist dilemma where they want to be a good feminist, but then they realize when they're 40, they can't, it's like a little too late to like start trying to have a family and things like that. And like, mm -hmm. it really sucks because women are plugged into this man's world and there's not a real clear way to play. Whereas with your man, there's no dilemma. And I'm wondering what you think about that. Cause it seems like that's tied up with this huge pussy life. It so is. And actually, um, the first words in the box season one in like episode one is, you know, hey, we've been told to lean in. I say, let's sit the fuck down. Mm -hmm. And what that's about is actually leaning in to me is what you just described. Basically, not coming up with a new structure, mm -hmm. entering a structure that has been developed unilaterally by men. Mm -hmm. So, I believe that things are best created, like people, for example, yeah. or we could do a lot of examples, when there is a balance yeah. of energy. So since our systems, our banking systems, our consumer systems, all of those have been built unilaterally by one sex. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a lot of things that are broken. I think we know that as a country, as a world. And the way I see it is our only way forward actually is to create new systems. Yeah, to opt and, out. Yeah, and yeah. what does that mean? That means we can't just have women go, okay, let me act like this person in this old system. Right. That's a burning building. Yeah. That thing is dying so fast and we see the effects that it's had on business, on the on the environment, I mean, you name it, our consumer society. So if we're over here in what I call huge pussy life, that's going, hold on, let's not just react. Let's go, hold on. Let's like actually birth something new. Yeah. So let's like sit down and like 
me and, you know, if it's me and you and we're going to figure out the new financial system, I'm not going to go, hey, here's, you know, 25 ladies. We're doing it our way. I'm going to go, hey, let's come to the table together and yeah. let's like create something that we're putting both of our, you know, input in because I can use what you've already done. Mm -hmm. I can learn from you. You can learn from me. That's more interesting to me. I actually never use the word feminism because mm -hmm. I think it's so loaded. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of criticisms of especially third wave feminism, which is basically, hey, women act like men and be better at being a man than women. And I think, I mean, in my work, it just shows like so many women, they're cut off from their sexuality and their femininity because they're, they've been trying to be men <laughs> and maybe they're successful at being men, but they're not being who they want to be. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And that's so limiting too. Mm -hmm. I mean, as I'm sure... You're, I've watched a lot of, you know, your stuff, um, since, uh, since we talked about this and mm -hmm. me coming on your show and I think your show is great, by the way, it's really fascinating. So I feel like I've learned so much. So oh, it's awesome. Thank you. It's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, what I think is much, much more interesting is coming to the table mm -hmm. and creating something that's, you know, that's, that's different. Yeah. Yeah, because even as a guy, I felt this like when I was younger and like just really not wanting to plug in. And like I was living in New York, I didn't want to have to play this whole game where I'm paying too much rent and working a job I hated. Yeah. And like, you know, like, you know, I, th I think that's what drew me to like a, a matriarchal cult, honestly. It was like, oh, they're living the way that I think we used to live when pre agriculture. <laughs> not really, but that was what I was hoping for. Well, and you know what? I mean, let's bring it on back to Betty White for that. Yeah. I, I'm like, oh my God, I'm rewatching The Golden Girls. And that's something I watched when I was growing up pretty young. And when I watch it, I'm like, oh, my God, they've got it so right. Here they are, these, like, ladies living together. <laughs> you know, they're having their relationships. They're doing their thing. But they're supporting each other. Mm -hmm. They're not out to get each other. And when we watch shows like today, like, you know, I'll just go with Housewives, for example. Mm. Women have been set up to tear each other down, mm -hmm. to compete for men. Men have been taught to boost each other up and support each other. Men are like, yo, what's up, boss? What's up, Haas? What's up? Women are like, you're a fucking slut. And yeah. that is something that like, if I think about a matriarchal society and like what I'm creating. So I actually left New York and I am, you know, launching this business from Santa Barbara. And um, that's probably not a place where people would be like, oh, cool. You're launching an empire. Do it from a small town. Uh, but that's what act that's what I want because those it really holds like the values that I love. I'll be spending a bunch of time here too. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to just kind of assume, oh, I'm gonna be doing this thing in business and it's also in entertainment. So mm -hmm. I gotta be in New York or I've gotta be in mm -hmm. LA. You know, I really thought about what do I want to create? How do I want to do it? So mm -hmm. like my team is on site and never been happier. That's awesome. Thanks. Are you familiar with the Bechdel test? Say again? The Bechdel test. I don't know what that is. It's um, it came from a cartoon, uh, like a lesbian feminist cartoon in the eighties. I don't know. I, I don't know the exact dates, but it's basically a joke about um, it's something as feminist or pro-feminist if it passes three t three tests. There has to be more than one woman in the movie. Um, they have to have a conversation with each other, and it has to be not about men. And it's kind of a joke, oh. but pretty much every movie before the eighties fails, and still most movies fail, and even Wonder Woman failed. What? Well, yeah, except for the, tell me that. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, God damn it. Well, I mean, other than the the original scene where it's the island of women, the rest of the movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test. And it's like even this comic. Te and I mean, I thought of this when you were just saying it. Like, I don't think it's sexism in individuals. It's like the assumption that women need to compete. So even women writers for 
Wonder Woman didn't think to have two women have a conversation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I would be curious to see if one of my favorite movies, which is Dr. Marston and the Wonder Women, which mm-hmm. is the story of the guy who is the Harvard professor. He's the one who drew Wonder Woman and he was in a relationship with two women and they were, you know, kind of this. I and mean, this was like the 50s or the 60s. Interesting. And it's fascinating. Is it a documentary or it's a no, film? No, okay. it's a film. It's so good. But though, so he was in a relationship with these two women that he had children with and they lived together as, mm-hmm. I guess, what we call a throuple mm-hmm. um, and under undercover. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing, you know, a bunch of kind of S&M stuff. And that's what Wonder Woman is, is born out of. Wonder really? Woman is actually born out of this amazing <laughs> psychological sexual place which i think is so beautiful like it's so cool all the stuff with the ropes with hmm. her all of it, it it's all very very symbolic so i'd be curious to know because those women actually really supported each other yes yeah, so that must pass i'm sure I think that i'm definitely passes. gonna watch it wait so was he like their bottom is that why he drew a powerful woman. Did they no, spank him? No, I mean, okay. they, I think, I mean, the way they portrayed it, I obviously don't know uh-huh. the ins and outs of the relationship. The way they portray it is it was this really beautiful balance huh. of the, you know, the tying up, who's tying who, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, and it really is all like all about the psychology of it and the balance of power. Mm. And that I love. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I'd be curious to know if the original Wonder Woman TV show that I watched growing up, that I was like obsessed with Linda Carter. I wore the underoos. Like huh. Wonder Woman is like my kind of love her so much. Um, I would, I wonder if she had conversations with women. The, I, uh, well, I didn't show. watch that show, but I know she had like a female assistant or something. Oh, did she? No, didn't she? I don't know. I just looked I don't her know. up. I haven't okay. watched it in so long. Okay. I assume there must have been. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's like a certain, like a male paradigm that built entertainment too. Exactly. So even storytelling in modern storytelling. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that kind of brings me back to like your earlier question about like your, you know, um, kind of career life. Uh-huh. For so long, I tried to go, okay, do I, can I do I have to choose between entertainment and basically something that is like, you know, moving us forward? And I thought like, no, actually got to do both. So like on my production company side and which, which what's now on our huge pussy channel that's on YouTube, mm-hmm. the box season one is on there, but the other shows that are in development are all about actually showing this new world. Hmm. So in that new like they're world. they're nonfiction shows, you mean? Uh, yeah, we actually have a reality show cool. that we're doing that's cool. um, really a lot of fun. I can't talk about it, but it's cool. so fun. Awesome. And um, maybe you'll make a cameo. Cool. Who knows? You'd be good. <laughs> I could cast you. I could see it. Okay. Uh, and then we've got a narrative show and then also a film trilogy. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. You're saying uh, because uh, these types of shows, you're basically entertainment can move the culture forward oh absolutely i don't see how you can move culture forward without entertainment right and without things or consumer products right because that's where we are Uh you know if we're going to like really try and change things the way i'm not going to change them is by like basically removing myself from the world going to the top of a mountain living with no things and meditating for the rest of my life i've thought about it i'm sure you've thought about it and yeah, I tried it. Like, that's not going to work. Yeah, I tried opting out of society. Yeah, didn't work. <laughs> like, we're like, okay, I guess I'm here for a reason. Yeah. What am I going to do about it? And I think that, that you know, these things are our currency. Mm-hmm. So let's use them as tools to create this new world together. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, I have a very serious question. Okay. Uh, 
how much butt eating has come across because like that was like in like four episodes i was like is this like a thing i've never i've never tried i don't know if it's a thing people do okay so <laughs> that brings me to your first question okay. which is how much of the box is uh-huh. is part of your real life and i was not avoiding the question we okay. just got onto another yeah. other topic i love tangents but that one is directly from my life and that When it first was brought to my attention as a thing, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And the situation was I was married for most of my life from age 20 to age 41. Mm -hmm. So I've only been not married for three years. So I was living in New Zealand and, you know, I'd been divorced at this point for quite, quite a long time. And I was like, okay, you should probably go on a date because Mm -hmm. you've been just working and you're a hermit Mm. and probably just need to rip the bandaid off Mm because it was something honestly that I was a bit scared of. I was like, I have no experience in this. I got married when I met my ex-husband when I was 18 years old Mm. and I don't don't know how to do this. Mm. So my assistant at the time, you know, like was like, come on, you just have to do it. And I met somebody, you know, just very casually asked me out and I was Mm -hmm. like, all right. And so we had a lovely dinner, Mm -hmm. lovely dinner, chatting about Normal first date things, <laughs> mm-hmm. family, travel, just or ordinary, mm-hmm. nice, very ordinary. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, afterwards we're walking, you know, had like, like a really lovely makeout session. I was like, oh, nice. Okay. Awesome. And, and that was great. So I was like, oh, yay. We have some physical compatibility. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. But then he whispers in my ear, I can't wait to eat your eat your asshole out. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, did we skip over like yeah, it's a big things? escalation. Like, yeah. <laughs> and and if, if if he had alluded to that at dinner, like uh-huh. anything, no, no, not at all. Just out of left field. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh my, I did I mishear that? <laughs> did I? Oh, nope, I did not. I did mm. not mishear that. Um, and so it wasn't in the situation, but fast forward to a few months later when I'm back in New York and kind of in the same position of, mm-hmm. you know what, rip the bandaid off, go on a date. It's going to be fine. And then once I've gone on the date, I'm like, cool, you can like kind of relax and go back to working full time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and the same thing happened. It was a first date and same situation. We had a lovely date. Went to dinner, went to a movie, super normal, just uh-huh. very normal. Lovely though. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like kind of, you know, kiss goodnight kind of a thing. And it was like, but this time it was like dead in the eyes. I can't wait to eat out your asshole. And I'm thinking, what is the deal? <laughs> what is the deal? And like, for A, like, why would you say that to me? Right. I assumed when I saw it, I assumed someone just tried to like slip something in or it's like, okay, maybe you got excited going down on you. It's like, that's like very strange to say no, in words. saying it. Yeah, yeah. In words. Yeah. Saying it in words. And, and it did happen a third time and where it was like, you know, and things were progressing more and it was like, wait a minute. And that's what I show in Ass Man, which uh-huh. is the name of the episode what that we're talking about here, where it's a date and, you know, and they're whatever making out on the sofa and he just goes straight for the, straight for yeah. the butt. And she's like, um... Like, did we see yeah. it? Like, like, is this of no interest to you at all? Like, I have so many. Oh, I feel like I need more data because I didn't. I was like, is this a thing? I first like, is it a New Zealand thing or no? Okay. Oh, no. Well, I, I was Googling it. I'm right. like, what have I missed? Yeah. Well, all right. I'm sorry. I'm 
this is where my mind goes. Is there something do you think about you that brings <laughs> this out? Because I, I just as an aside, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, you know, I talk to a lot of people about the relationship patterns and there's like, like sometimes there's a lot of things like every guy I date does this. Every woman is like this. I was listening to um, Joe Rog- or Whitney Cummings on Joe Rogan's show, and yeah. she was talking about. And I remember thinking, because I was getting into BDSM at the time, I was like, "I feel like she's the type that likes to get choked." I just had that thought, <laughs> and then like a few minutes later, she's like, "Every guy I date in New York wants to choke me," and I was like, "Oh, I think I'm picking up on something." So I wonder, is that her thing? Is it possible? I mean, for a second, I was like, "Is there something special about my asshole?" And I don't know it. I concluded that no, I, I think that I'm pretty much like every other asshole out there in the okay. world. Um, but no, I don't think there's <laughs> anything I could have possibly said on a first date uh-huh. when we're talking about not sex uh-huh. at all. Um, so no, the only thing I could kind of come up with was, all right, I guess Ass Man was meant to be written. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm trying to get to with Ass Man, or really the the, the point of the sketch is because my so many of my female friends, you know, my best friend specifically was horrified. You know, she watched it and she was like, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- why? Like, why? And I was like, I'll tell you why. Because as women, we really haven't been encouraged mm-hmm. to say, oh, my God, that sounds terrible. Because <laughs> in neither circumstance, I am like a grown up woman. In neither circumstance did I say, oh, that sounds terrible to me. Or actually, I have no interest in that. Um, no, I just, in my mind, I was like, um, what? Like, it was just, it, it wouldn't have occurred to me to go, yeah. hey, no. And that's the point. My, you know, the point is, look, my daughter's going to find herself in situations. I mean, now that like, you know, she's going to be in situations with whom, whomever I don't mm-hmm. know. But I really want her to be empowered to be like, um, actually, no. Yeah, or actually so, go here instead. Or yeah. if she likes that, please go here first. But that would have never occurred to me, you know, when I started being sexually active when mm-hmm. I was, you know, 13 years old, mm-hmm. her age. And it's so good for men too. Like all the guys I talked to is like, why don't they give me feedback? I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like, just tell me and I'll fix it. Yeah. And it's like so good for all of us. Right. Because yeah. I think, you know, porn, which I don't watch much of at all, but I think that, you know, that is clearly affecting how people are acting in mm-hmm. relationships. And if, you know, in a, in a heterosexual relationship, if, if men think that that's what women want them to do, to yeah. them, then it's our responsibility to be like, Hey, no, I want this. Yeah. And that actually takes practice. That takes experimentation. Like when that happened, I was like, Oh shit, I got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Cause I got to kind of ask myself, wait, that sounds bad, but do I like it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so anyway, I mean, that was the point. The point was, you know, speaking up, knowing what you want. Yeah, it's just like, this might be, I don't know if it's too graphic, but I, but especially when I was younger, I'd meet women who wanted me to come on them or come on their face. I was like, why do you want that? And they just, every guy they've ever been with watched a ton of porn before they're sexually active. So that's what they thought they wanted. And then that every woman they slept with, that's what they thought they wanted. And I don't know. I've always thought it was weird, gross. And anyway, it's just strange. Like people don't think of what they want. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like, where are we getting these cultural cues? And that's exactly where we look at like, okay, what's cool. What is going to be sexy? What is going to, what am I going to like? That's what we're told constantly through yeah. advertising, through media, et cetera. And now with that coming at us at a faster and faster pace, we actually have to sit the fuck down and mm-hmm. go, uh, 
What do I want? Why am I here? What am I doing? Yeah. And I'd say both for men and women, I'll say with women, I think it's so important that they can say what they want without yelling it or like making the guy feel stupid. I think a lot of women, they spent like maybe 10 years not speaking up and then they realize they need to speak up and the next guy, they they chop his head off. And then the guys get messed up, especially if they're young, they don't have enough positive experiences and they get maybe resentful of women or afraid of women or something and it causes this terrible spiral Absolutely. as opposed to a young woman be like this is what i want i don't hate you for it i don't do that again though and the yeah. guy knows and everyone's happy exactly or like let's create this space where we're trying things and like giving feedback in the moment mm-hmm. i mean you know never thought about that yeah yeah and that's what you know, i definitely want to speak to you again because i think before i you uh are so pro woman without hating men which is not it's not the most common thing unfortunately with yeah. a lot of the powerful voices and that's what i just don't get i actually in any of my materials you know in, in our mission statement it's basically like you know huge pussy life is here to create a new world mm-hmm. it says nothing about women it says nothing about feminism the whole time mm-hmm. because that would just throw it off balance in the other way yeah plus i i mean I'm not going to have any fun, like, hanging out with just women. Love them. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, like, very pro-balls kind of a lady. Yeah. Pro-pussy, pro-balls. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I yeah. do not. And I've never wanted to make, you know, I've got a son, too. I've got a, you know, 24-year-old son mm-hmm. almost. And um, and I have nothing but complete and total respect for 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 men in, in general, really. It's yeah. just about the balance. I'm just looking for, like... Hey, let's create a let's create a new world where we don't hate each other, where we can actually come together and create something new. Yeah. How's your son take all of this stuff? Oh, great. I think I he mean, made well someone he made a cameo in your or was that actually him? He was no? actually he shot it. He oh shot no way. The box. Okay. <laughs> oh cool. <laughs> and there were actually two two sketches in it and I said, "Look, I'm he's a, an amazing amazing uh, cinematographer uh-huh. and photographer. He's got a phenomenal eye. He's so creative. I love working with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of collaborated with things since he was little. And and so I was so excited to collaborate with him on the box. And he was such a huge proponent. Actually, the two people that I owe the most debt of gratitude for doing it and mm-hmm. actually having the huge pussy to do it uh-huh. is, um, is my former husband mm-hmm. and my son. Because without awesome. them, I would not have done it. It was actually my former husband who was like, he read it. I was never even going to do it. I was mm-hmm. writing this very serious book. And he read it and he was like, you've, you've, you've got to do this. Yeah. And then my son read it and he was like, mom, this is amazing. And I was like, um, really? Like, okay. But it was really kind of like, I was like, I can't put Ass Man out into the world. That is horrifying. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm so glad Ass Man is in the world. Yeah. I'm so glad. And your son shot Ass Man. He did. Was that weird for him? Well, I, and okay. So, you know, there's, there's 11 sketches. Mm-hmm. And out of those 11, I was like, look, Chase, his name's Chase. Look, Chase, you cannot shoot two of these. Mm-hmm. And that is he helper, which is you know, I don't know if you remember it's yeah, the yeah. one where she's in the kitchen, right. basically. And then Ass Man, which we've just talked about what it's uh-huh. about. And I said, you can't. No. Like, no. Well, once you're on a set, things are happening. Uh-huh. You're there for a job. Right. It becomes a job. And we got to that point and we were going to bring somebody else in. And when we were at that point, it was just like, fuck it. This does not matter. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not like it was 
nobody's naked at all. Right. You know, someone actually it was the Dallas Morning News that called the show porn. And I'm like, how in what world is this porn? Nobody's naked. Uh -huh. Nobody's having sex. Like how there's no parts shown mm -hmm. at all. So how is that porn? I don't know. But um, so he did and he shot it and um, and it was fine because it was it's a job and mm -hmm. there was a, you know, a mission in place. And um, yeah, so actually, like, who cares? Plus, it takes that weirdness and shame out of it. Right. Um, because it is a job. It's different. If it was like, oh, please be in the room while I'm having this date. That's a completely different story, right. obviously. But this was, you know, for a point. This was for a purpose. Yeah. And actually, my kids have been a, an enormous part of that. That's awesome. I mean, just I'm thinking of their upbringing. Like, he's probably so healthy with his connections. I don't know. If, I, don't think I think that, he is. Yeah. I think he is. He has an amazing girlfriend. Um, and just watching them together mm. and listening to him talk about her, I'm so proud. That's that awesome. He's just, I don't know. I guess I would just call it like amazingly evolved, responsive, respectful, aware, all of these things mm. that I would have no clue at that age for them to have this beautiful relationship. Yeah. Huh. Really proud. So any, um, can you give us a preview of anything in season two? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned catcalling. Okay. And so I've got a catcalling one. Awesome. But like, as you, you know, if you've seen the box, then you see that it's not there to actually make, men love the show. Mm -hmm. Actually, my demographic is mainly men. Hmm. So when you asked me to come on your show, I was like, totally <laughs> that's <Awesome>. my crew <laughs> um, and so yeah so it's you know any of these kind of role reversals are funny mm -hmm. as hell like the the cat calling does not it actually puts the man on the pedestal in this okay. crazy ass way <laughs> it's by far the grossest one i've written like by okay. far like the nastiest raunchiest words but again they're not there for no point right. they're there to serve this purpose which is just to be like Oh, yeah, that is kind of dumb that we do that. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the point of the huge pussy sketch. It was just like, oh, yeah, why does that mean week? That's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And you won some awards at season one. Is that right? Or yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was like, hey, let's, um, you know, submit this to some film festivals. Mm -hmm. And every festival we submitted to, almost all of them, we got in. And uh, it was really fun, actually, too. I took my daughter to the Big Balls premiere, which was on <laughs> Hollywood Boulevard at the Chinese mm -hmm. um, TCL Tiny Six Theaters. And um, it was the first time I carried the bag out out and out in the open, mm -hmm. and so it was four big balls. But I was carrying the huge pussy bag uh -huh. on the red carpet with my daughter. Awesome! And people went nuts for the bag. <laughs> I mean, they were like, "Oh, the show's great! The show's great!" And big balls is a fun one. But they were like, "Oh my god, where'd you get that bag?" And so I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta get the I gotta get the product." Oh, wasn't a product as, as yet? No, it was a prototype. Oh, okay, it was a prototype. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was like, oh, this would be awesome to have a bag that says huge pussy. And then we got stopped on Melrose, you know, 10 times. And uh -huh. I was like, oh, damn. So I've trademarked huge pussy. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> and have you been dealing with the balance of like the awards and obviously lots of positive feedback, but like the Dallas news? I'd say it's um, predominantly positive. Okay. And, you know, we, we've only gotten out there in this kind of very small way because uh, I really was kind of testing the market and mm. seeing what I'd come up against so I could really be prepared. And now knowing that people love it a lot more than they don't love it mm -hmm. is great because yeah. I just feel like we're ready for it as a culture. You know, some things may kind of, you know, freak you out initially, but then you're going to be like, oh, cool. And you know what? It, it's not for everybody. Yeah. But it's it's there to serve a purpose. Yeah, and it does. 
marketing wise, it's great that you can't be neutral <laughs> on huge pussy. <laughs> you can't uh, be neutral. <laughs> yeah. Um, last questions. Uh, I know you uh, call yourself Lady Hef. You have a Hugh Hefner <laughs> idolization. Like, what is that exactly? I'm well, you know, I think maybe only in private. I think for a while I had some things out there, but I do actually relate mm-hmm. to huge to Hugh Hefner in a major way, mm-hmm. um, and I got to know this in two ways. One, an early influence of mine was dressing up in my grandparents' closet where I found my grandfather's Playboy magazines when mm. I was five years old. And then I would get to dress up in my grandma's like sea of sequins, basically. Mm. And when I saw those images in Playboy, I loved them. They changed my life. Mm. Like seeing those women in the centerfolds look so beautiful, Mm -hmm. but there was no shame there. It wasn't like I knew at whatever level at age five that I wasn't going to go then run in the kitchen and say to my mom, hey, look what I found. Mm -hmm. I knew at whatever level I wasn't supposed to be seeing them, Mm -hmm. but I was so excited to go back and look through those magazines Mm -hmm. that I looked at extensively from, you know, age five till pretty much, you know, now those ma- <laughs> those very magazines are on my shelf in Santa Barbara. And so what they represent for me is this lack of shame hmm. that's associated with the female body that, you know, in so many religions, in so many cultures, we're taught to have shame about our bodies. You know, magnum flow is about mm-hmm. the shame that's associated with periods, mm-hmm. whereas like you go in to buy condoms and you're like, Whoa. so magnum flow is all about like having pride around getting like the extra large magnum (laughs) condoms like it's so it's silly Mm -hmm. but it really is like why have we been taught that we're gross Mm -hmm. and stinky or smelly or disgusting and pornographic and obscene we don't have to be like hey we're this spiritual whatever i don't really look at the pussy as like a spiritual whatever i'm just like it's fucking awesome yeah it's orgasmic why would we not like it it's where (laughs) we all come from (laughs) yeah yeah awesome awesome well, thanks so much for coming on. This was great. Thank I'm really, you. I really, I really enjoyed this conversation. Likewise. Um, where can people find out about more of your work? They can find out more about my work at hugepussylife.com. Uh-huh. And if they are, get to the store that way too, the merchandise is the movement, hugepussystore.com. Cool, cool. I think I'm going to get a sweatshirt or something. I should have brought you one. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Next time. Next time I see you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm actually going to be in LA. Uh, I'll tell you that later. Okay. okay. Um, and also, um, and then the show is on Amazon Prime, but that's the PG-13 version. Actually, yeah. We want you to go straight to our Huge Pussy channel on YouTube. So cool. just go to YouTube. And so far, they have not kicked us off of YouTube uh-huh. for calling our channel the Huge Pussy channel. Cool. So go there. Go there. Go there. Because I, w- I just want to demonstrate like, hey, our channel, which is called the Huge Pussy channel, uh-huh. has got a, you know, it's legit. You know, let's legitimize the pussy. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thanks so much. We're going to have the links to all those things. Yeah, totally. Yeah, cool. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch the rest of my work, go to rwando.com. Catch me on social media at Rwando. And please do not forget to subscribe. <laughs>